0: Namotasabhagavato arahato sammasam bhuta-sā. Namotasabhagavato arahato sammasam bhuta-sā. Namotasabhagavato arahato sammasam bhuta-sā. dhammaṁ saṅkhaṁ So we've completed the first day of our formal meditation retreat. That is the uh, twenty or so of us that are here on retreat together. I know some of you are just visiting this evening for the evening puja. For the rest of us we are here together for a week, silent and not doing anything terribly interesting, outwardly that is. Mm. Mm. Sit for 45 minutes. Get up and walk for 45 minutes. Come back and sit for 45 minutes. Get up and walk for 45 minutes. I think The most you can do is change the length of your walking track from 20 paces to 24 paces. <laughs> or maybe change your body posture a little bit. From the outer perspective, it doesn't look like there's much going on. certainly some people uh, have the view that um, in fact one of our neighbours was quite disturbed of all these weird men doing these weird things like walking up and down and we had to reassure them that these are probably some of the least dangerous men on the planet I've heard this before on retreat when somebody's walking by with their little son and and he says, what are they doing mummy and she says, oh they're being silly, don't pay attention I guess from the outer level that is, we well are a bit silly really, walking up and down and sitting still all day long. I mean all the fun things that you could be doing. Like, could be shopping at the metro centre. We could have, we could all book an easy jet flight off to some nice resort somewhere. And of course there are a lot of things that we all know we could be doing. Sights to see and nice things to eat. And we are all, of course, interested in happiness. There's no doubt about that. We're all interested in happiness. But just how we find happiness is another matter. And so choosing to come on meditation retreat is no different from what anybody else is doing. We're all looking for happiness. But it is a different way of looking for happiness. And I think actually that's good to remember that we are doing this because we're looking for happiness. We're not We're not sick. We're not doing this because we've got some sort of obsession with having a hard time. We are actually looking for being happy. As I said this morning, starting of a retreat like this, it can be quite challenging. Slowing down and the momentum of daily life, it takes a while to unwind and settle into a retreat. It can be quite hard. If we don't remember the good motivation that brought us here and the shared goodness of our commitment here, and then we can actually end up focusing on the negative side of things and the feeling of limitation and frustration and the difficulty and so on. So it's good to remember that we're in this for happiness. Mm. Now, I have a friend, a very good friend, I'm not mentioning any names because he's, he's an abbot of one of the monasteries now, but he told me he ordained because he thought it was cheaper than taking LSD. Mm. So uh, well, He started meditating, no, no, he didn't ordain, that's a mistake. You know. He started meditating because LSD was too expensive. He was told that meditation was was better and cheaper. And that was his motivation. And now he's an abbot of one of our monasteries. And he's a very good teacher and a very good friend of mine. So there's nothing wrong with being motivated by the pursuit of happiness. However, as I said, how we go about finding happiness is... Uh, it's. Sometimes it's quite expensive, money-wise, and uh, or also energy-wise. You can spend a lot of energy finding happiness, and it doesn't always. uh, Some happiness doesn't last, which is a pity, really. You spend a lot of energy, and then it doesn't last very long. I hear that they've just appointed, for the first time since 1649, Cromwell, Oliver Cromwell, 1649 he 1649 oliver cromwell i think he was a bit of a killjoy he um he got rid of this the, the court jester in 1649 and i think he was a killjoy and got rid of all sorts of things actually and and with the restoration he didn't reinstall the the, the court jester and so for the first time great britain has got a state jester again i think his name is lester the jester from warwickshire and his his job is his job is to make the country happy and and to go around, and I think it's a place for for jesters, you know, for comedians. I've got a good friend who's a very famous comedian uh, in Australia, and and there's the Edinburgh uh, Festival that's going on at the moment. I'm sure there's some good jokes being cracked up there, but but you've heard a joke once, and when you hear it the second time, it doesn't work, does it? You hear the same joke over and over again. I know some good jokes, but I got to be careful when I tell them because these guys have <laughs> they've heard all my jokes before. <laughs> Jokes are not really—they're not really the answer. And I think it's good to have a, court, a state jester. I don't have a problem. I hope Leicester the jester is happy and makes a lot of people happy. But what well, the Buddha was pointing out was that you've got to be very discerning about this interest in happiness. We all have an interest in happiness, but entertainment or distraction, which is what the court jester is about, isn't he? he was there to distract the monarch from all the troubles and. Crack a few jokes and lift the vibe a little bit, and it's got its place, but it doesn't last. And but you can, we could spend our whole life doing that. And I, I think probably some of us have spent quite a bit of lo- our lives trying to just turn ourselves on with 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 something that makes us happy. Another way of of approaching it is um, that some of us might have tried is to is to just numb the unhappiness. We've had so much unhappiness for so long, we think, well, if I could just get a break from the unhappiness, that would be happiness. Some statistics I read recently that in nineteen ninety one, in this country, they prescribed was it nine million prescriptions of Prozac in nineteen ninety one. And two thousand and one they prescribed you ready? 24 million prescriptions of Prozac and the environmentalists apparently some of you might have read this report the environmentalists have found it's in the national water supply now Prozac is in the national water supply now those of you that have got a kind of an inclination towards conspiracy might <laughs> might think that it was put in there intentionally but uh, apparently the government has said that no, it's coming from the reprocessed sewerage and it's nothing to worry about. There's <laughs> only a small dosage. But apparently there is now Prozac in the national water supply. There's so many people who have the conviction that if they squash the unhappiness that they will discover some happiness. Well, I think that also we need to look at that. I mean, to the degree that we do that, if it's not with Prozac, well, maybe we do it with other things. I mean, Sleeping is, is something you can do it with, isn't it? I mean, you can just Well, if I just sleep some more, I'll, I'll feel better. Food, of course, we can distract ourselves with food. I, I warned you all, didn't I, this morning, about, oh, we used to eat the food, and look what happened today. I, mean, I hope nobody overate, but it, very, I did. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> but only a little bit. It's, uh, it's very difficult to not overeat on retreats here. But when we do these things, well, I think, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, to stop and, and not just get judgmental about our our failing or our faulty pursuits of happiness, but to look a little deeper. Say, well, we're interested in happiness. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong to be interested in happiness. Now you can think there's something wrong with being interested in happiness. The Buddha did, uh, 29 years of being happy, he bought into this idea that actually happiness is not good for you, you're supposed to suffer. And so he, he took these teachings from all these these characters who made you you know, suffer for quite a while, and he, he fasted and and abstained from any form of, of pleasure, thinking that that was going to make him happy. Now making yourself suffer, you can think, is, is going to make you happy. I know in my first years as a monk, I used to think that the longer I sat, the happier I would be. Because I really believed that sitting was the answer. Sitting meditation was the answer. I, I'd done a few meditation retreats, and well, one in particular where I got very, very happy. And I thought, right, sitting's got to be the answer. So the more I sit, the happier I'll be. And I would sit, and I would be in so much pain. I remember my first year as a monk, I'd be, I was living in this monastery in Bangkok, and, and the abbot was very kind to me. He, he used to invite me up to his, his private meditation Chamber in his kuti and his uh, cootie and and I would sit with him in the evening and, and he, of course he sat for hours and he would just sit there and sit there and of course I wanted to sit there too I wanted to be like him and I would sit there and sit there and sit there until I couldn't sit any longer and I thought that somehow the longer I sat the better I would be and but when it came to stand up I couldn't stand up I, I used to have to I, I used to have to crawl to the door. I pretended I was being polite because Thailand—you never get higher than the senior monks—and so I pretended I was being polite by crawling to the door. And then I get outside the door and I get the banister and slowly pull myself up. And oh, the pain! And I did it for a long time, actually, until I ended up in hospital and had to have my cartilage operated on. And I'm still reaping the consequences of that. So even even making ourselves suffer can be in pursuit of, of happiness. But what the Buddha pointed out was this: this is this is the lack of discernment when we invest in pursuits that are not going to produce lasting happiness. Yeah. There is superficial happiness, but there is also lasting happiness as a, as a possibility, real happiness. And and from the Buddha's perspective, and he pointed it out thankfully, is happiness is the natural condition. We we make all this effort to make ourselves happy. And what he pointed out was you don't have to make yourself happy you've just got to stop doing the things that make yourself unhappy we've got to stop doing the unhappiness and if we can just learn how to stop doing the unhappiness we remember, reconnect literally remember become one with that natural state of happiness so this is personally why I meditate and I I trust this is something similar to why you're all also here meditating Is that we do have some work to do that These uh, habits of being unhappy are serious. Our habits of making ourselves unhappy have have become so embedded that even when we recognize that this is the case we can't stop doing the unhappiness. We can't stop doing the things that make us unhappy. So to have a teaching that points us out is really important and uh, we can be very grateful for that. I'm certainly very grateful for that. I'm pleased I haven't spent all of my life in pursuit of pointless, superficial happiness. And and even though I've made some mistakes along the way, I do also have a, a, a few uh, hints of what you can do to realise sustainable happiness. And what we can do is, is study these things, get to know, get really, really familiar with the unhappiness that we are doing. Like the unhappiness of anger. You know, an interesting thing about anger is that that when we're really into it, we think we're getting something out of it. Now, if, if you haven't been angry for a while, you maybe you don't remember, but if you can just think back, if you can just recollect some recent moment of anger and feel how attractive it is at the time. Just it really feels like if I can just if I just thump this guy or tell this woman what I want to say to her, I'll feel so much better. Do you know what I mean? I mean there's that feeling of I hope I'm not too peculiar here by saying this. Nobody's nodding their head, I'm starting to worry. Oh thank you, a few nods. That's now this is the case, isn't it? We, you know when we get caught up in the passions, we, we really feel like it's going to make us happy. We really feel like if we follow anger, it's going to make things are going to turn out better. But the reality is when we follow anger, we lose perspective. We, we become more unhappy. A good friend of mine was telling me the other day how, how his father hated moles you know moles, those cute little things they're very sweet moles really and, but some people have this thing about lawns having to be all nice and, and this guy obviously was one of these characters and got really upset about moles spoiling his nice lawn and he got so angry about it he hated these moles so much you know what he did, he poured petrol down the molehill down you know, the molehole now isn't that an awful thing to do, to pour petrol down well not only is that awful for the moles but what he did was set light to it and that was awful for him too, because <laughs> it all came back at him. He, he singed all his face, he was lucky he even left had a face afterwards, poor guy. Now that's terrible, isn't it? Now he's not a silly person, this person, he's a very intelligent guy. But that's not a very intelligent thing to do, is it? That's not a very clever thing to do, is it? To pour petrol down a molehill and set fire to it. That's a really stupid thing to do. An <laughs> incredibly stupid thing to do. And he felt a real idiot afterwards. And he was a real idiot at the time. But why did he do it for? What did he do it for? Because he got possessed by hatred. That's what happens. Now, I don't know whether anybody's here done anything quite that stupid. Maybe we have. I've done some pretty silly things. But when you feel angry, you feel ill will, and we follow, we get caught up in it, it's because we think that we're going to feel better afterwards. Now, that's really unintelligent. And so the Buddha said, well, when you feel angry, don't don't just fall for the way it appears to be. Don't just... Don't just follow it. This is why he spent so much effort trying to encourage us to be restrained. He's spoken about restraint over and over and over again. About restraint. Now, these days restraint has got a bad reputation. People think if you're restrained, well, you've got to be neurotic or sick or whatever. And, And all of us here living in the monastery, I mean, people, presumably, you don't think we're too sick, otherwise you wouldn't be here, but... If we inhibit the tendency to follow the impulses of the passions, then you've got energy, and that energy means you can do something with it. When the energy builds up, and all of us on retreat here know what it's like—we're practicing restraint with regards to the senses and with eating, living. All of us here living celibate for a week, and not not eating in the evening, and no entertainment, no distraction. And the energy builds up as a result of restraint, and so. The benefit of restraint is that we don't have to follow the way things appear to be, and so the unhappiness that we're compulsively doing—that is, anger—we learn how to not do it. But we can't just do it by moralizing. You know, moralizing about anger doesn't do any good. So I shouldn't be angry; it's bad. It's not nice. People don't get angry, and it's uh, whatever. We, We can't argue ourselves out of being angry rather what the Buddha encouraged was exercise restraint with regards to the senses so that when something like the impulse to be angry arises we can be there for it we can look at it we can see it for what it really is and if as probably has happened at some stage or other in your meditation or if it hasn't then I'm sure it's going to happen this week at one stage or other you have an irritating impulse I don't know what it is whether it's maybe you know your, your knees maybe you get angry at the pain in your knees or maybe it's somebody in the hall here who moves too much or maybe it's somebody sharing the room hasn't washed their socks or maybe it's at the meal time you just want me to ring the bell earlier and you get angry at me I'm I'm not, not ringing the bell just to upset you by the way please don't think that I am purposely trying to frustrate you or something like that, that's not what that's about But there will be something that will happen over the next week probably where the impulse to feel angry will come up. And What the Buddha was encouraging was to get interested in it. Say, Why do I follow anger for? Why do I follow anger? And I would suggest that if we look at it and question it carefully, quietly, we will see that we follow anger because we think it's going to make us happy. But it doesn't make us happy. But we have to see that. We have to study it. and it's the same with um, that unhappiness that we do that is called greed you know, we, in fact it's probably more obvious with greed that we, when we're greedy for something we really believe is going to make us happy well, the obvious example of food I mean, just think I need more food I just have a little bit of that dish and a little bit of that dish until you've taken a little bit of every dish and your bowl is full, and and then you feel too embarrassed to tip it out, and so you eat it all, and you're not happy. We're not happy. There's no doubt about it that the food is attractive, the food is delicious. Or there's, there's other areas as well. I read a report recently. I don't know if you came across it, where in China they now have, it's called this. You know, have beauty contests, Miss World. Well, now in China they have Miss Plastic Surgery. True, Miss Plastic Surgery, and if you haven't had plastic surgery you can't enter the competition. And it started off with this one woman, she had had, I think, 11 operations and spent $13,000 on plastic surgery. $13,000 she spent on plastic surgery, 11 operations. She tried to enter a beauty contest, but they wouldn't let her in because she was artificial. And so they started another beauty competition for Miss Plastic Surgery. So now those who have had plastic surgery can have their own beauty competition, which is fair enough. But <laughs> This is true, I'm not making this up, this is actually true. But it's, um, it's probably not a very wise pursuit of happiness. If you look in the mirror and you think, oh I don't like the shape of my nose. But I, I don't really think <laughs> that if I change the shape of my nose that it would make me that much happier. I really don't think that because I've been a Buddhist for thirty years, I've learnt something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> greed. I mean, the, when we find ourselves being greedy, because the impulse is just to judge and say, oh, "I always shouldn't be greedy," and try and argue ourselves out, or trying to use will to stop being greedy, that that doesn't work. Rather, we can be more discerning. We can stop and look at it and become interested in it. Well, what is greed anyway? Well, I really want something yeah. like at the meal time that's, what we, that's why we sit and contemplate our meal before we eat it we sit and look at the food and what you're doing when you're looking at the food what we're doing we look at the food there well there's various things we could be doing you know, reflecting on the generosity of the people who gave it to us mm-hmm. um, but also one of the things we keep doing is reflecting on you know, just what it feels like to want to eat because it's so easy to be fooled by I really want I just want to eat (laughs) and I don't want to wait I just want to pig out now and then go and have a good sleep (laughs) that's what I want I really do there's no doubt about it I'm not kidding myself this is actually what I want now if we've trained our awareness so we're not compulsively judging and moralising we can sit there and, and actually let ourselves want I really, really want to eat until I'm stuffed. I really do. Now that's wonderful if we've got this opportunity to be quiet and contemplative and interested, get interested in greed. The only reason we do greed is because we think it's going to make us happy. The only reason we do anger is because we think it's going to make us happy. The only reason we do delusion is because we think it's going to make us happy. Delusion. You know, delusion is delusion is unawareness delusion is not knowing some of us have got you know got master's degrees in it yeah. at the time when we're doing delusion I remember when when I was about nineteen and I was committed to doing delusion It's called substance abuse these days, but I remember going on this trip with a friend (laughs) and we were investigating nature together and uh, you can take a nice ferry ride from Wellington, the south of the North Island, across to the north of the South Island we went for this very nice weekend and and we did some investigations together investigating reality in the pursuit of happiness and on one of these occasions I remember writing something down because I was so, so profoundly struck By the clarity of my understanding, that I I wrote down these things that were just, you know, I just I mustn't forget this because it's so important. And my friend looked at it and just said, "Wow!" He was also impressed. He was as impressed as I was. When I got back to Wellington a couple of days later, (laughs) I read what I wrote. (laughs) What I'd written was that is. Reality. <laughs> what I meant to write was that there is reality. That's what I meant to write, and at the time that seemed very important. But I had written down that was reality, and my friend was very impressed. We were both really impressed with this, <laughs> and it was it was helpful for me to see that a few days later, just to see, you know, that was really, 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 really stupid. You know, that was not at all clever. That was really deluded. You know, I was really deluded. I was committed to delusion. I thought delusion was the path. And I don't think I was alone. In fact, I'm, no, I wasn't alone. Now A lot of people are still practicing that path of delusion, still smoking all sorts of substances. And committed to unawareness. Because there's something within us that thinks it's going to make us happy. Just the same as with anger, just the same as with greed. You know, we think that by doing these things it's going to make us happy. and. Now there's nothing wrong with that. This is not a this is not a moral lecture. You know, we're not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's just not accurate. It just doesn't work. That's all. And so the encouragement that we have in this this practice and this teaching is is to look deeper beyond the way things appear to be. I mean, you, just because you feel angry doesn't mean to say that following anger is going to really give us happiness. Just because we feel greedy, just because we really want something doesn't mean to say that following it is going to make us happy. Just because we want to go into unawareness, just because we want to go to sleep or just because we want to smoke something or numb ourselves out doesn't mean to say that it's going to take us to happiness. It's not wrong, it's just an initial understanding. And so the contemplative approach is is to restrain and not be fooled by the way things appear to be and look a little deeper. So throughout this retreat whatever whatever flavour of greed, aversion or delusion comes up I would like to encourage us all to not, not just dismiss it not just try and overcome it not just come back to the meditation object and, and try and get concentrated and, and, and so on because even that can also be a, a false pursuit of happiness thinking if I just focus more on my meditation object I'm going to become happy well that might work I mean there are some distractive tendencies of mind that, just by ignoring them they fall away and the mind does become peaceful and happy that's true but some of these tendencies that persist in coming back what's called for is we need to stop focusing on the meditation object and allow our interest, trust in our interest, our natural, wholesome interest, to see clearly, to see accurately. Because we're interested in happiness, but not superficial happiness, real, sustainable happiness. Whatever comes up, we can learn from it. So thank you very much this evening for your attention. Salam alaikum